0: Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to another epic edition of the Jerry Jones Show,
1: hosted by Jerry Jones, along with his sidekick, Kevin Anderson. Each and every episode is guaranteed to increase your profits and
0: decrease your stress in dentistry. Welcome to the show. Hello,
1: everyone. Jerry Jones here with Jerry Jones Direct. I'm super excited today because, um, I don't know, most of you know that uh, I've not been a huge fan of social media. In fact, the internet itself is just, it drives me crazy because I'm an old school offline guy. But uh, literally for the last five years, we've sort of been behind the scenes, quietly studying what works online, what is attracting patients to practices that is purely from a digital uh, perspective, not offline print media, but digital perspective and a name kept popping up over and over again uh somebody who had mastered facebook in a way that nobody else had been able to to harvest patients and build a practice and uh, not in in a traditional sense and so um i have uh i've i've managed to corral and and uh hopefully steal an hour of time with dr anissa holmes and so with me today is dr anissa holmes dr holmes you
0: can hear me okay i'm assuming absolutely i'm here good to be here fantastic So you're down in Jamaica, right? I am. I am. I've been in Jamaica now for quite some time. I'm originally from the States, um, but my husband is actually an oral surgeon and uh, and we met when he was doing his oral surgery training um, at Alabama. So we've been there for actually almost 10 years now, which is crazy.
1: My goodness. Now, what, what was it that attracted you to say, you know, Hey, I'm going to leave Alabama. I'm going to leave the, you know, the safety and security basically of a great lifestyle and head to Jamaica where it's, you know, a whole nother world. And, and you're, you've, you've done extremely well down there. What, what was it that sort of like said, Hey, I want to go check this out and this might be for us.
0: No, absolutely. So, um, it was really, to be honest with you, was my husband. I had a practice that I had started in Birmingham. I went to Alabama, and I had a practice for about seven years, and uh, And I met my husband, uh, and he said, you know what, I, when I finished with my residency in oral surgery, um, I, I really have this, this passion, this desire to move back home because there are a lot of oral surgeons in the States, and I feel like I can make a bigger difference and impact if I move home, and so mm-hmm. Um, I said, you know, well, you know, whatever, and he says, no, 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 we can move, we can move to Miami, and we'll be close. And I said, you're, you're not going to pursue your passion and your dream. You're always going to wonder what if. And so let's do it. So I sold my practice actually to, um, to a friend of mine, and um, and I said, you know, let's do it. Um, and it was scary, right? I mean, I had a successful practice, I had all of the technology, like, and you know, going into an unknown area where the culture was completely different. Um, there was really no form of marketing at the time. Um, it was really kind of a no-no, really traditional in terms of how people found out about practices. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been an amazing journey. Um, I did a startup practice there in 2010, and I mean now we have we have about 150 new patients coming in every single month. I'm actually about to build. My third practice, because we keep outgrowing our practices, we're getting about 50 from Facebook, 50 new patients, um, and we're spending, in terms of marketing, or to be honest, not much because now everything pretty much internal, um, but when we were spending on Facebook ads, um, you know, probably $500 a month, you know, so it's, it's been really incredible just having people follow our story, which is what this whole social media marketing is really all about.
1: I think it's, I think all marketing is about story because the best marketing yeah. tells a story and we're conditioned from infant stage to listen and be curious about story. And so I think um, there isn't a better vehicle, um, you know, than video for story than, and Facebook and the internet and, you know, I mean, it's all, it's, it's so much video based. I mean, if you look at, you know, YouTube's a giant search engine for crying out loud of videos. So I think, you know, the videos convey those stories. And, um, and I think, you know, what was the – when you first moved to Jamaica and you're, you're thinking, hey, I'm going to open a practice, like what, when you looked around at traditional media, at, for example – so for here, here in the States, I think we take the USPS, the mail system, for granted. We don't really – you know, it's just sort of like it's always been there. None of us, not a soul living today can remember when there wasn't mail delivered to your home. And so we just literally take it for granted. It's like water and air. What, were, what was the infrastructure like for media on Jamaica when you arrived? I mean, what did you think? How am I going to build this practice? So what, what were you looking at? What were you thinking about?
0: Right. So I can tell you the mail system is pretty much, I mean, it's non-existent, really. <laughs> I mean, like. You really, I mean, if you, get, if you get a piece of mail, it's like the company delivering your utility bill. Like, they have their own private people because the mail system is so terrible. So, it's like, FedEx, yes, UTS, are private that was, carriers. Exactly. So, that was definitely not an option. And, I mean, when I grew my practice in the States, I can tell you that, you know, print media was, was pretty big for me. Like, I was back when, you know, people were doing ValPak coupons. And, you know, I was doing that. I was writing articles for local um local magazines and newspapers like I've always been like really big into trying to just really get the word out Um, but when I moved there I didn't have that as an option people actually were not on social media I was one of the first people um, actually to build a website and, and that actually goes back it's so interesting I was one of the first dentists actually a lot of people don't know this to actually create a website so this was done like in like the late 80s, early 90s, and actually, um, I was a dentrix user, and they they like announced that they were going to have this little platform, and I created a website, and like for a whole year, I went to dental conferences, and I saw my practice's website at like convention, so it was like really crazy. So it's always been like a part of me, you know. So when I moved there, I, was I don't think you're people. that old. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're I've that old. Pra- well, I've been practicing. I feel like well, it's probably almost like I finished in 99. So it's been, yeah I mean, no, I said the 80s. No, it was really more like uh, I finished in 99. Yeah. So like right when the internet, I I misspoke. So it's really like the late, the late 90s. Yeah. But I mean, it's just really amazing that, you know, I was one of the first people to do a website. So I did a website there, which has been great because, you know, my, my rankings on Google are really high. Um, But I just. Always something that it's like, how am I going to get the word out? And again, just going back to stories, I was like, well, um, I don't have a lot of money. You know, I built the practice. Uh, again, the infrastructure is where you can't borrow a ton of money, which is a good and bad thing. So I could not have gotten myself in trouble with borrowing and, and kind of like using that as a vehicle. So I had to go like really. On the very cheap routes, <laughs> you had to
1: bootstrap that thing. You you did. You had to do what I think most people should do: starting up a business. I mean, you know, I mean, bootstrapping. You learn so much more when you got to bootstrap than as opposed to you know, hey, just give me some cash. The bank hands over a million bucks and you just go right. I mean, I
0: had nothing. All I had was like, I built that practice on credit cards because there was no like line of credit. And so like I brought, brought in equipment. I paid for things on credit cards. I mean, it was just crazy. So I was in a ton of debt, just like so many dentists are now, but like, I didn't have that, that access. And so I'm like, I really don't have a lot of money to market this practice. What can I do that's like free or like cheap, you know? And so that's when I went to actually went to the, uh, to the hand And it was a lecture on Facebook marketing, and I was like, this is it, this is it. And then I just started to share my story and my journey, you know, and, um, and kind of like the rest is, is history, really.
1: Awesome. So you, I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this, and I, this, this is taking a completely different direction than I thought it would. And that's what I love about just talking to people and finding out their story, right? I mean, you have, you have brought up so many excellent points. If we stopped this right now, and we forced, forced, literally had, had to force every fourth year to listen to this. And then not only listen to it now, but listen to it again in two months, six months, a year later, multiple times, because you have given so much great information about the, the mental state, mother is the necessity of invention, you know, not having the ability to just, you know, hey, mommy and daddy, hand me some money. I want to open a practice. Adversity. I mean, you, you're, a, you're a marketer. You're a business lady. You're a marketer you just happen to deliver dentistry, right? I mean, is that kind of how you see yourself?
0: I do see myself that way, but it's, you know, what's really interesting, Jerry, is that um, it also helps me to be able to, to be able to do more dentistry. And I, I actually still practice. So I practice a few days a week and because I've learned the skill of communicating um, the skill of being able to kind of understand what makes people make better decisions, um, which ties in with marketing, my my patient acceptance rate is higher, and I'm also able to help more people get their dentistry. So, like, I, I feel like we all really should be marketers in a sense of, you know, being able to really make those connections. Um, and, and it's those types of people that tend to have more successful practices.
1: What would you tell I, – I 100% agree with everything you just said – what would you tell a dentist who, okay, I'm going to give you two scenarios. I'm going to give you somebody who's been, because I think what you're talking about, most younger dentists today somewhat understand that I'm going to have to do something to promote my practice. I can't just sit on my thumbs and hope and, you know, and pray that I'm going to get a new patient. They kind of have this feeling that I'm going to have to do something um, versus someone who's perhaps your age. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it what it is um yeah. a doctor who is introverted who is not someone who wants to see themselves on video they don't want to be on video they're just like I just want to practice dentistry leave me alone right they don't want to they just don't have the the interest or the desire to to share their story because look i mean i think we choose people to do business with based on if if story is available to us we're going to choose the person that tells their story versus a nameless faceless company so as an example heartland can't tell a story because they're a big giant company which is why they private label some practices pacific dental same thing they private label practices as a private label i mean they're you know the dentist is using their own name or they're using a location-based name for the practice of the business so a story could be told but some of these like aspen what is Aspen's story they don't have one right we don't know anything about Aspen Dental. we don't know anything about the founders, but if you look at some companies well here's one that's in the media a lot the my pillow guy. My pillow guy's got a story. And I don't know if you've seen those commercials or not, but it's a, I think the guy's a former meth addict, and turned his life around and started making pillows. And he makes a pillow and he sells two for like 100 bucks apiece. Pillows. Direct response marketing, pillows. But he tells his story about why he got into the business and it's a connection there's a there is a visceral emotional connection to his ads to his commercials versus you know some other you know nameless company let's say certa comes on tv and starts trying to sell pillows you know the same way this guy does there's no story there's no there's no spokesman that we can link to you are the my pillow guy for dentistry for your practice and i think for dentists who want high case acceptance who want high referral rates who want a team that supports them? They've got to be a leader, and they have to say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to share my story." And I know when we get a doctor's story out to prospective patients, the response rate on ads, I mean, it just it just goes through the moon. The acceptance rate goes through the moon for for treatment. The referral rates go through the moon. What is it that what would you what advice would you give that middle-aged introverted doctor who is just wants to practice dentistry? And perhaps the senior doctor who's near the end of his career who is kind of like you know I want to make a last five-year run and just really blow my practice up what advice would you give them about using social media and sharing their story
0: right so I actually have um, have a dentist that's just like that that I work with Um, he is actually um, he's actually at this stage where he's looking to retire And he wants to grow his business before retiring, right? And he is on the disc profile. He's a strong S, I'm sorry, a strong C, very detail-oriented, amazing dentist, amazing dentist. But he's really introverted, um, really shy, and like social media is not his thing. And so um, when he contacted me, it was actually not even him. It was his office manager, who's his wife. Now, she's completely opposite. Like, she's, you know, everybody, she knows everybody. And so, and she's, they're both in their 60s, right? And so, I told her, I was like, listen, if he's not comfortable with it, it's okay, right? And I knew what would happen is that things would change. So, I said, it's okay. You're outgoing. So, I want you to get on and you do an office tour. You talk about why the practice serves the patients that it serves you talk about what makes the practice different and unique you be that attractive character for the practice and so some of the practices you know you have doctors that don't feel comfortable they will never feel comfortable and so i say let's just start with whoever's comfortable which can be the hygienist which can be an assistant doing a tour right and what happens is very interesting jerry is that the doctor starts to take notice of what's happening and they start to see all of the engagement. They start to see activity happening and then they start to understand the importance. And so what I now tell these doctors is, listen, it's okay. You're gonna be comfortable and the first time you do it, you might suck, <laughs> right? Like if it's terms of video, like telling a story, it's okay. And guess what? You do it again, you're gonna suck less and then less and less. And you may never be completely comfortable. But it's going to be okay. And I said, what you have to do is just go in there and tell your story. Why did you decide to become a dentist? Why is practicing dentistry important to you? Why is it important? You know, tell stories of patients that you've seen and how you've been able to change their lives. And people connect with that emotionally. It's super, super powerful. And, you know, I said you can come on and do a Q&A, just teaching like how you do with a patient every single day. If that's your comfort zone, then you go on and say, listen, today I'm just talking about, you know, how people can be benefited from having dental implants, you know, or cosmetic dentistry or sleep app treatment or whatever, Right. And, and people start to, even if you're not that outgoing person, which we're not all going to be that type, you can still have a message to help people and people will connect with that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so much of what you say, here's the great part. Everything we're sort of talking about is social media based. Right. But everything yes. we've talked about translates right over to offline media, to print media, Absolutely. to traditional media. So you, uh, I kind of want to go back just for a moment. So when you got out of dental school, opened your practice, either worked as an associate or opened your practice, did you open a practice right away or did you associate for a while?
0: Right. So when I uh, finished dental school, I actually was an associate for about a year. Uh Um, I knew that that was not going to be my path just because I am a visionary and I see things, and I want to be able to to over deliver. And so I knew I would have to have uh, my own practice. And so uh, it was about a year uh, out of school that I actually did my first startup. That's awesome.
1: Um, so you, so you kind of knew going. Uh, did you sort of knew, know going into dental school that you wanted to be, um, you wanted to be your own boss. You wanted to be in charge of your destiny. You didn't want somebody else you know, um, telling you when to be at work, what to do, that sort of thing. I mean, was this always something that just was, you know, growing in in your mind?
0: No, absolutely. And I I think it's just been from from a kid. Like, I mean, you have people that are just, you know, born entrepreneurs. I'm Mm -hmm. just definitely one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just within (laughs) me. Um, But, yeah, so definitely, like, for me, that was definitely the path. Like, I know I could never – um work for anyone else like I'm definitely unemployable because I have that, I'm raising know, my so hand.
1: <laughs> I'm agreeing. I'm unemployable as I'll get out. Um yeah.
0: I think um, you kind of got to be it that way. Yeah.
1: You kind of got to be, right? I mean, you you have to be willing to march to a different drummer. You have to be willing to I mean, look, not listen. I mean, that's really sort of been my Achilles heel but it's also been what's propelled my you know my movement is I don't listen often I will just march to my own drummer and I think that's part of being an entrepreneur and and, you know being as successful in whatever business it is is you know ignoring conventional wisdom or ignoring what people are trying to tell you you should be doing and just you know going and doing your own thing and and uh, either you know accepting the greatness that you are able to accomplish or taking your lumps you know whatever day of the week it might be (laughs) um I noted you have some associates, and you mentioned that you're working a couple of days a week. Do you mind um, sharing how you found your associates, how you attracted them, why they sought you out, or if they sought you out, or or just, you know, a little bit about that to maybe give – because, you know, a lot of docs would love to have somebody working in their office. I mean, they would like to have the ability to, you know, work two or three days a week on the people they want to work on doing the procedures they want to do. Um, while giving a couple of one or two or three or a dozen other dentists an opportunity to, to grow and have a home. Um, can you share a little bit about that experience?
0: No, absolutely. And it's, it's interesting, Jerry, because it's not just your associates. It's your hygienist. It's your assistants. It's everybody who you're going to have to work in your practice. And you know this already. And, and, and it really boils down to, before we even get to hiring, what sort of practice are you building what is your culture what do you want to be known for because the thing is that no matter what business whether it's you know a dental practice whether it's working for zappos whether it's working for uh for uh you know amazon or working for any of these other you know companies apples these great companies why do people want to work for these companies right It's because the companies are different they're innovative they're they're unique they take care of their team they invest in training right and so a lot of people say well how do you get these great people and I'm like well everybody wants to work in my office because we treat people really really well like we really care about them I mean for me last year in my practice so one thing that we do which is really interesting I'm going to answer your question is that we actually have white, we do every track everything on whiteboards, but one of the things that we have on our whiteboards is January, the first day in January, we go and we write down our number one goal for the year, something that we want to, to do, whether it's take a vacation with our family, whether it's, you know, to buy a, a car, whether it's, you know, to get fit, whatever it's going to be. And last year, I had four team members who bought a car and one who actually built her own home and, that is huge, especially where I live. Like that is huge, huge, huge. And it's because they knew that we were all supporting them. Like we were all cheering each other on. That's the type of culture that I have in my practice. And I'm like, listen, if we over deliver to the patients, you know, the whole delivering while factor, if we over deliver to them, the patients, are going to tell other people we're going to have more money we're going to have profits we're going to be able to reinvest in our training i'm going to be able to pay you more and then the cycle just goes back around and around and around and so i think it's really creating a different unique culture one that people can't stop talking about the practice and then you're going to attract these people to you like my current office manager she actually worked for another dental practice for about i mean over 15 years as an office manager and she found us, and she said, she she saw, I actually put my ads up on Facebook. That's how I find people, because I know people who are following us on Facebook. They know our culture already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she thought, saw an ad on Facebook, and she says, Doc, I've been following you for years. <laughs> Facebook and stalker. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and she says, when you put this ad up, it just spoke to me. And she left that practice, you know, after wow. so many years. And she came on as treatment coordinator, and now she's my office manager, but that's the thing that's how doctors find us um, that's how um, you know and it's it's really about those connections as well. Um, so I think how do you find an amazing rock star team? You have to be a rock star leader. you have to have a rock star practice, and then those t- sort of people are going to want to work for you yeah
1: that's um that's that is a, a challenge for a lot of folks um, because. Pretty much eighty percent of what you said is leadership based. So you've had you you've no you've no doubt had some leadership training. Um, I have I have to also assume that you're just born because you've got this entrepreneurial bug that you were born with some serious leadership skills. But you've probably honed them from uh, over over time through experience and through you know others that you've you've sought out. Who who have who, who do you look to for leadership? Um, Skill improvement, because I, I mean, everything you said is is 100% in alignment with us with with creating a successful business. And again, I mean, a lot of docs are challenged with um, how do how do I how do I motivate my team? How do I communicate with my team? And you just laid out a whole bunch of great strategies to do that. Um, and and I think that well, let me just ask you this. We'll shortcut it and maybe go a, a different way with this. Um, how often do you have do you have interactions with your team where you are communicating your vision your your practices mission and this this um, this culture of achievement if you will
0: right so let me say this I have invested a lot in my in my knowledge in my mind um, you asked me like how how have I gotten to where I am now and it really has, Jerry, and I know it's the same thing that happens with everyone else who's super successful. You know, all of the top leaders in dentistry and in all types of businesses, we've invested in ourselves. So I can tell you that when I decided that I was going to have a business, again, I didn't have a lot of money, but I did have the ability to purchase books, to listen to books. You know, this was before um, podcasts were really um where they are now and, and, you know, all of these audio options, but I had an audible account and I was listening to business books. I was listening to books on uh, like John Maxwell, which is all about leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. those books.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: I was listening to, to books on, on sales, persuasion, you know, not to get somebody to do something that they don't need, but understanding how to better communicate so that people understand that it's important for them to do it and to do it now, you know, understanding marketing. And so I can tell you, like, when I opened that practice, and in particular the one in Jamaica, I think I read probably 50 books that year. I mean, as soon as I finished one, I was listening to another. And so even though I didn't have a lot of money, that's what I did. And then taking it to the next level, I hired a a coach. I hired a business coach And it was actually that business coach that that told me. And, you know, she said, it's so true. Like, you have to tell your story to your team. They have to understand that, you know, when your friends were partying and having fun, that you missed everything because you were in school. And although they think you have a lot of money, you actually are paying credit cards off of credit cards because you wanted to build this business. And you haven't taken a paycheck in a year because you want to make sure that your team is taken care of. They need to know that story. They need to know the vision of where you're trying to go. Where do you want to be? And so, like, in 2012, I hired my first first of many coaches that I've had since, and that's exactly what I did. And I said, listen, I don't have a lot of money to pay you guys extra, but if you stay with me, Like, we're going to go there together. I want to be able to take you on trips. I want to be able to do all of these things. I want to be able to make sure that you're paid twice what everybody else is paid. And this is my vision. We're going to be the number one practice known in the entire country for delivering an amazing wow experience. Everything is focused on that. So I need a great team. We need great systems. So we built it out over time. Again, I did not have the money to hire that lady. I did not. It was $3,000 a month. I did not have it i put it on another credit card okay but that to me was an investment just like all of the other investments that i was making at the time i was living in a tiny apartment i didn't have a a new car like so i was definitely living within my means so now i'm debt free which is awesome but that, that at that time my investments were in myself um and so after about two months i was able to easily pay we you know tripled revenue that year we started creating systems and i took action Which a lot of people have resources. Like, they buy all these training courses, they listen to books, and they don't take action. Like, I took action, I inspired my team, and I did everything that I read, I implemented. And I think that's been the really big key, you know. So, just investing in yourself. And again, I've had other mentors and coaches based on whatever I'm trying to achieve in life. I've discovered too that the best way. To be able to fast track success is just to get yourself surrounded by really, really smart people who are already doing it and just like either have them to mentor you for free or if they have a paid program or mastermind, get in there and just learn from them. Like that to me has been the secret to my my success. And now, you know, I'm 44 um, and I mean, I'm debt free. I don't have to worry about any of those things. Um, But that was my journey.
1: That's um that's exciting the you know and you you hit the nail on the on the head when you said taking action um, you know motion beats meditation any day of the week, and I think for a lot of folks we get um we get overwhelmed with what should I do or should I do this or should I do that? And my answer is always both. <laughs> You know, there isn't yeah. anything you – sh- you should be doing everything you can possibly do because it's it, – I go back to the days of multilevel marketing. I mean, 20 years ago, I was involved in multilevel marketing, and one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, from that was a statement that was made to me and by the owner of the company. And, you know, we're in this big you know, big auditorium, and there's um, over a 1,000 people in there, and he was talking about the concept of all-out massive action. And that has always stuck with me. It's like if you want to be successful at one thing, it takes a hundred things to support that one that one thing that you want to be successful at. So if, if you want to be successful as a dentist, it doesn't take one thing. There's no magic bullet. There's a hundred of those magic bullets, maybe a thousand magic bullets. And it takes attention, it takes intention, um, and it takes attention to get all of those hundred plus things going to support you know, what you want to accomplish. And so when you mention, I read 50 books that year, or, I listened to 50 books, or I read 20 and listened to 20, or whatever the numbers are, however they're consumed, it's, the important thing is, is you're listening to those, you're, you're taking mental notes, you're taking notes on paper, and then you're turning that into movement. You're not just saying, hey, that's great to know, because the knowledge is useless unless it's actually put into play. And I can tell from, from what you're saying, how you're saying it, your passion, That this is all what you've accomplished is legit accomplishment that has been just from absolute just determination and and taking action to get it done. So congratulations to you on that. That's that's not a small accomplishment at all. I mean, I think, you know, dental school is hard. Being successful in business as a dentist is, I think, I I don't know many dentists that would say it's easier than dental school. Um, So, you know, congratulations to you on that. Um, what, so aside from social media, building your practice, can you give us uh, some examples of what you do internally? What you, what is the talk to your team about internal marketing? What do you guys do from an internal standpoint to generate referrals, create buzz, um, in a, you know, over and above Facebook or in addition to Facebook?
0: Right. Absolutely. To me, let me tell you, Jerry, I mean, the key is really what you do internally that is the key and you know one thing that we are actually tracking in our practice every single month is you know how many new patients are coming from existing patients and when every patient comes in my goal and my, my team knows it our goal is to have every patient to refer five patients if every patient refers five patients we will never have to pay for any form of marketing ever ever again and so it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about before what sort of team do you have to have to make that happen what sort of patient experiences do you have and so we've systematized like our entire like process so like patients come in we have coffee we have tea we have um we have um freshly baked plants and tarts we have hot chocolate for your kids that's all part of their experience we have a coffee table culture book that when people sit down we created it on shutterfly cost a hundred dollars it has images of us in the community it has images of before and after pictures it has images of us doing continuing education we're planting all of these seeds in the patient's mind for when they sit down in the in the area before they come back to the treatment area of what our practice is about, the fact that we're committed to continuing education, seeing our before and after pictures before they even see me, right? Um, We're giving them a tour. We have core values on the wall. A team actually points out, here are our core values. The one that resonates with me is build stronger communities. And so we actually uh, we actually give back and every quarter we donate to a different charity. Or the next person may say, what's most important to me is uh, building a positive team and family spirit. So in our practice, we're all committed to really working together as a team to give you a great experience. This is all part of the process. This is all internal marketing. So we're showing them sterilization. We have a hot towel warmer, which again, we spent less than a hundred dollars on ordering from Amazon. All of our patients after their visit, we give them a nice warm peppermint scented towel that they can place on the back of their neck or they can wipe off their hands or, or freshen up their face. Again, giving it to them on a silver dental tray, a silver platter, Um, you know, these are the things that patients cannot stop talking about. And we asked them three times. The hygienist asked them, how was your experience today? Okay. It's a system, which means that if she's going to ask that question, we have to make sure that all the team members are doing their role to give the tour, to point out the coffee table culture book, to offer to actually physically make their tea for them, right? She asks, how was your experience? They say it was great. I come as the doctor. How was your experience today? I'm not talking about teeth. I'm talking about experience. We actually do hand and arm massage. So I trained all of my, had my assistants all trained on that. I spent a few thousand dollars, got them certified in hand and um, neck massage by local massage um, school. Um, And so we offer that to patients as well. Like when I'm numbing them, they'll come in and do that. How was the massage? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the hot towel? How was your, you know, and then they're like, it was amazing. And then they get to the front desk, the front desk asks, how was your experience today? And they're like, you know what? And these are, again, on the desk, the high eyes who are really like, you know, excitable. Oh, it was amazing. Best experience ever. And then we're like, you know, you know, great. You know, we really appreciate that. And we'll say, you know, make sure you tell all your friends, you know, that's how we grow. And we'd be just so, so grateful. We get real humble with them. You know, we'd be really grateful. And then, you know, if you don't mind, you know, if you'd be willing, and that's where we now take that whole experience to social, if you don't mind, if we can just get a quick video testimonial, um, you know, a video of you just talking about your experience, because so many people are afraid to go to the dentist. And you know, if they hear your story, it might help them to be able to change their life. And Anissa, people you are are like, you're not running you know, a dental practice there.
1: <laughs> you're, running, you're running a spa experience. I love it. I'm just sitting here going, you know, if we never said the word dentistry, you wouldn't know what business we were talking about. I mean, you're talking you about sure team leadership. The, it's all about the people, community, and it's it's hilarious. I'm just I'm I was laughing silently myself. And I'm like, I can't keep this in any longer. I got to make the comment. So. um Do you ever do any dentistry? I mean, it's great. This is so cool. Uh, Well, (laughs) That's
0: what gets patients coming in. That's, you know, when when you give patients that in any business, that's the thing, Jerry. We're running a business. These are the strategies that successful businesses do. And it's just that the service that we provide, our product or our service, is the dental work that we do. And so when people start thinking about their practice in this way, that's when things start to change for them, you know? And so it's this, this is the internal marketing strategy. This is why we're getting 80 new patients a month. And I had to turn off my Facebook ads because we had so many patients. But again, everything that we're doing, all the touch points, Okay, so if we have an image of a patient get a hand and arm massage, if we have, we sometimes will put a picture of our coffee and tea station, um, you know, a patient asked for condensed milk on the coffee and tea station. We created a Facebook post that said, you asked, we listened. We now have condensed milk on our coffee and tea bar. Uh, want to know more about our practice? When you come to relax in our practice, you can look at our coffee table culture book. All of the things I'm telling you, we take images of it. We tell that Story so that people who are not there to experience it firsthand, they're on social media, and they see it happening at their own home, on their own computer or their laptop, and now they want to know more. They want to come and experience that for themselves.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so this uh, – the oh, boy, there was a, a great question I had to ask, and I didn't write it down because I was too busy listening to what you were saying. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it comes to, um, well, I'm not going to remember that. I thought maybe if I started talking, I could remember it, but uh, I'm not going to. Um, so when it, uh, with developing the people in your practice, um, you've obviously invested a ton. And if, if um, well, oh, yeah, here's where I, this is what I was going to ask. So this is important. Not that anything else you haven't said is not important, but, but I think this is a question that some docs are asking themselves where are your fees at, and, and is there insurance on Jamaica, and how in the world, you know, are you making any money if there's no insurance and Jamaica's, you know, the, the, the average household income in Jamaica is a fraction of, you know, of what it is here in the States. Um, you probably know those statistics. What, talk about the financial dynamic a little bit because, I mean, all these things sound great, and, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking, look, you know, if it could happen on Jamaica, every dentist that's listening to this podcast or this, this, this uh, audio interview ought to be saying, you know, all of these things are completely doable in my practice and my community. What are the finances like there? I mean, because you're talking about investing the same amount for coaches, for continuing education. I mean, it's not cheap to get on a plane and fly from Kingston to Miami. I mean, you know, there's all this overhead. So how are you able to, I mean, so talk about the finances and talk about your, your patient mix. I mean, what, what's that like?
0: Okay, so in terms of my fees, my fees are actually comparable to the state. Um, maybe not New York, maybe more like a Birmingham, Alabama, um, but my fees are definitely comparable to the states. Why? Because all of my materials and supplies are coming from the states. I have Dentrix, I have Dexis, we're about to um, put in um, a Trio scanner and we're going to make, you know, so like we're doing everything. And, and that was my thing. Like I told my husband, if I move, my practice is going to be exactly the same. So otherwise, yeah. I'm not going to be happy. Um, So our fees have to be the same. And, you know, how are we able to sustain that? And, and you're absolutely right. Like, I would say, you know, 80% of the population, they are making, I mean, it's, it's crazy, they're making probably less than $700 a month. Um, Can, wait a and second. I, it, okay, so yeah, yeah. before
1: you go any further, this is this is so critical because there isn't a single person in the United States who's making minimum wage that makes less than that. Yeah. Not on minimum wage. And if you're working 30 hours a week at whatever the national, I here in Oregon the minimum wage is like 10 bucks an hour, so that's 300 bucks a week. That's 1,200 bucks a month. So minimum wage worker in the states, comparable dental fees. I mean, I hope everybody's getting this picture here. So. So you, you've got folks coming in who are making less than you and I make in a day, in a whole month, mm-hmm. and they're getting dental care done at fees comparable to here in the U.S. Is that right?
0: Yes. So we do have, we do have and I'll say this, because of, because of the services that we're providing, and just to kind of go back to the demographics, we are attracting people who are at the top 20%. Okay, so these are the people who are the entrepreneurs, who are the business owners. We, you know, so those tend to be, you know, the the uh, the diplomats, the the entertainers, and those sort of things. So those are our patients because if I was not there, then maybe they'd fly to Miami to get their work done. So we do have that, but there are a lot of people who are who are middle class, and uh, and that might fall into that other, say, you know, ten percent, and they work for companies they work mm-hmm. for you know banks their teachers you know they have they have good jobs and they're making more than what I spoke about before but they do have insurance insurance pays eighty um, percent up to the maximum so we do have two private insurance companies um, but they don't pay much like their maximum is like maybe five hundred dollars a month which means a lot of it has to be out of pocket okay sure. now how are we able and again it, to be honest with you, it blows my mind because I don't understand how we're still getting a hundred. This is the thing, like how am I still getting over a hundred <laughs> new patients a month with the demographics? Like that is the more more puzzling thing. So when people say like dentists coming, they're like, well our market is saturated, and I'm just like, well I don't know how I'm still getting that many new patients and like so many people can't pay. But you know this is the thing. There's this lady, I have this patient. And she lives about 30 minutes from my practice, and she takes about four buses to get to my practice, and she doesn't have a lot of money, okay? She carries her things not in a handbag, but in like a, 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 you know, a plastic uh, bag like grocery when you go bag. to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. She carries all her little things in her grocery bag, and she's been coming for years. And she has, um, has Shrogan's. And we've had to change just about every tooth one at a time because that's what she could afford with crowns, okay? And one day I asked her, I said, uh, and she doesn't mind me saying, Miss Maxwell, um, I just, I'm just curious. You're like, why do you keep coming to my office? Like it takes, you have to come three buses. And I said, I know we're, ex- you know, expensive uh, to her standards. You know, what? What makes you keep coming? Like, I know you're passing other dentists. I'm just curious, you know. And she said, Doc, it's just how you make me feel. You know, it's, it's how you make me feel. He, she said, your team is so amazing. And she said, I don't have a lot of money, but I just want to be a patient at your practice. You do good dentistry. I trust you. And I'm willing to save. And, you know, she'll save for months. To come in and get one crown done at a time and I've been able and I've helped her out I'm gonna tell you I I help people out I believe that if you if you charge a fair fee to people who can afford it when people come who are good people who really need it to me it's just my feeling that I that I'm gonna help them so I've helped her you know and given her some help along the way Mm -hmm. Um, but that's how you get patients to come in um, and it's not about what is my insurance gonna pay you know what I mean? It's it's really you know, you gotta be different though. Like so if you if you're given the same experience as, as everyone else, they're gonna choose the person that takes their insurance cheaper. But again, yeah. it has to be about like what do you do? And my marketing, Jerry, is all about marketing to the fearful. So my marketing I don't have a lot of pictures of like before and afters of of teeth um on in my Facebook and everything. It's really all about experience because I know if I market to fearful People, when, once they feel comfortable, they'll spend. They'll come to you because they know that you're going to listen and it's not going to hurt and you actually care.
1: You're not marketing dentistry, and I think that is that is a distinct difference in the minds of the vast majority of dentists. I need to market dentistry. No, you don't. You shouldn't. That's like the worst thing in the world you can sell is dentistry. You should be marketing experience. You should be marketing you, the doctor, the team, the vision, the practice, all anything but dentistry. Because dentistry is, in all sense of it, it's a commodity. The differentiating factor are the people, the experience that you get, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, you said six words that is the absolute magic of internal marketing success, and that was, it's how you make me feel. That is the magic of getting people to do whatever it is you want them to do, and, not, and again, not in a you know, negative, manipulative way but in helping them see what is in their best interest from their perspective and from your perspective, but it's how you make them feel. And I think that's, I mean, if there's a big takeaway that I've got here in the last 50 50 minutes for our listeners is if you can change the way people feel about you and your team and your practice and what it is you do for them, not dentistry, because look, margins, nobody cares about a margin that is not a dentist. I don't care about margins. You do when you're doing dentistry, but I'd be willing to bet when you're communicating with the people in your practice and you're building your business, you're not thinking about how great were my margins, how fast was I able to cut that crown. It's not that. It's it's how how you make people feel, and I think you know if, if you look at a if you look at the most successful practitioners in any industry, dentistry, medicine, chiropractic, you name it, the most successful ones have mastered how to make people feel good about being where they are. And I think you, you, just, you, you just have been hammering. I mean, that two-by-four is so full of nails driven all the way through <laughs> right now. You've hit them all. So um, that's fantastic. Um, you've mentioned books. What are – and you mentioned John Maxwell. I'm a huge John Maxwell fan because he's one of the few people that teaches leadership um, and, and, can, and can get anybody on any budget into edu- being educated about leadership and understanding it far better. Um, what are some of like what are the two best books you've read in like the last, let's say month?
0: Yeah, so I just finished The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet Holmes. Great oh book. my gosh. Have yeah, you read that book. one? Oh, yep. amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so that one, yeah. <laughs> so I just finished reading the uh that one. I read The Four Disciplines of Execution um last month. Um there's so many like I think a few like really great starter books though. Our, um, our Eat That Frog um, is a great um, Brian Tracy.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. The Compound Effects by Darren Hardy. I think those are a great uh, early books. But again, The Ultimate Sales Machine is so amazing because it's not like you would think. Oh, it's about selling. It's not. It's about like how do you how do you hire the right people? How do you like? It's all it's all a part of a really successful business you know so to me those have been those have been some really great books
1: well that's fantastic good thank you for sharing those um i have got a a, a great book recommendation for our listeners and for you as well i've made it before i'm going to make it again because they're um they're amazing books and everybody frankly should be reading them they're they're old um uh they go back to 1917 1916 um it's tough to find bound editions, um, but you can, you know, you can hunt around and find them. Uh, it's called Profitable Practice by George Wood Clapp. George was a dentist back in the early 1900s, wrote about practice management in the 1900s. And you'd be amazed, Anissa, if you read his book, oh. <laughs> how much of it resonates with today's dental practice. And if all a dentist were to do is read George Wood Clapp's Profitable Practice, they would be light years ahead of where they're at today. And and um George would I believe the same uh, I believe he was the author. it's not clear because it's sort of a mystery in the books, but there's another series of books called the brother brother Bill's letters, and I believe there's two or three volumes I've got all of them and it's more of and Brother Bill's letters are letters that were written from one dentist to another, a senior dentist who'd had success, and he's mentoring a younger dentist, and he does so through these series of letters amazing like. Uh, you know, we're talking fees. <laughs> Even back then, they were wondering how to raise fees and how to convince mm-hmm. a patient there was value in that increase in fees. Uh, I'm mean, just, it, they're just amazing books. If if you haven't seen them or read them, um, do your best to get your hands on them. They're just they're fascinating books uh, that go back over a hundred years. Um, so it goes to show you, there's nothing new really. Right, no, exactly. Recycled, <laughs> and re- repurposed, and, and different perspectives. Um Absolutely. But uh, yeah, so. Um, what What other great wisdom would you like to impart on our listeners before we wrap up today is there Is there one big thing, one big message you'd like you'd like everybody to to hear and and understand?
0: right, absolutely so I mean to me, the biggest thing is just getting out there you know taking action, making sure that you're different, making sure that you're very unique you know and and having that vision um, and just kind of tying it back around to to social media, you know which is what we spoke about. Um, at the beginning of the interview, you know, sharing all of this that we spoke about in this interview, sharing it, sharing it with people who don't know you um, so that they can get to know more about you and your practice, you know, and also, you know, investing in making sure that you are, you are, um, you're just consistent, you know, be consistent with anything you do. That's really important um, as well. And, it, you know, there's no, like you said, there's no magic bullet um, it's really just just getting out there and trying different things. And whatever whatever works, you know, you just stick with it. Like for me, um, creating this vision, using social was my strategy. For someone else, it might be something else. But just testing, always be testing, um, and just have a huge vision and just take action.
1: Great advice, especially to always be testing. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's great advice. Well, Anissa, uh, it's been a pleasure, and it's been um, – just absolutely thrilling to get to know you a little bit here over the last hour, and I'm sure our listeners feel the same way. Um, I wish you a ton of success in the future, and I hope we get to run into each other at an event. Um, and best of luck to you. Uh, continued luck down there in Jamaica. And, and um, you know, as we go into this, hopefully our hurricane season's wrapping up and nothing bothers you guys down there. Um, and you have a great uh, and you have a great winner, um, if folks want to reach out and and get in touch with you, learn more about who dr. anissa Holmes is and and uh, the other services you offer that we didn't even talk about, um, but I think it kind of speaks for itself based on what folks have heard it's not like you need um, you know you would need to hammer away on hey, this is what I do you know no. outside <laughs> of my practice um, because it's pretty clear what you where your passion is. Um, how would they get a hold of you
0: right, absolutely so the best resource, which is um, which is free, is I have a podcast, which is the Delivering While well Dental podcast. So I encourage people to listen to that. Um, we also have a Facebook group, which right now we have over 8,000 uh, people in that group. Amazing, amazing people sharing and helping each other. It's completely free. Um, it's called Dental Marketing and Profits. And I do have a training um, resource which teaches all of all of the strategies that we spoke about, social media, email marketing. Um, And that's Delivering While You, and if they wanted to learn more about those programs, they can just go to my website, which is deliveringwhile.com.
1: Nice. Very good. All right. Well, I will let you go, Dr. Holmes, and thank you so much again, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in. So this is Jerry Jones with Dr. Anissa Holmes, and uh, make it a fantastic day. Go out, seize it, and, um, man, just work hard and reap the rewards. Thank you again, Dr. Holmes, and if you wouldn't mind hanging on. For the rest of you, have a great one, and we'll see you next month. Hey, Jerry Jones here. Thank you for joining me on this edition of The Jerry Jones Radio Show. You've reached the end of this segment. You can always listen in to the next show by visiting jerryjonesdirect.com forward slash podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or find the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash jerryjones. For more information about Jerry Jones Direct, go to jerryjonesdirect.com or give us a call 503-339-6000. Our member ambassadors are standing by to assist you. And once again, thank you for listening to The Jerry Jones Radio Show.